0: Before we get to today's show, here's what's cooking in the world of bacon. Today I got access to LinkedIn Live. Because of this, I'm gonna be doing a ton of live streaming. If you aren't connected with me on LinkedIn yet, then hit me up. When you do, make sure to mention that you listen to the sports marketing huddle in your connection request. You wanna make sure that you stand out and aren't like the other 95% of LinkedIn that doesn't put any personalization in their requests. In other news, If you're into sports betting, then subscribe to the Sharp 600 from Covers.com. I've taken over the host of the twice a week sports betting podcast. I recently dropped episodes on Heisman Trophy odds and NFL player props to get you ready for the football season. You can find the Sharp 600 on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or head over to Covers.com. The other podcast I'm hosting is the Game Day Playbook presented by FanFood. It talks about sports, technology, and fan experience. The guest list has been straight fire so far. We've had on the chief information officer from the Cleveland Cavaliers, current host of Intentional Talk on MLB Network, Kevin Millar, as well as the CEO of Minor League Baseball. You can subscribe to the Game Day Playbook anywhere you listen to podcasts. And lastly, I thrive on the feedback and support I get from you. I want to hear from you. Hit me up on all social media platforms, at Rob Cressy, and let's jam. Now time for the show. I got
1: man hits like I was right.
0: Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me today is Lucas Lee Tyson, founder at Growth Cave. Lucas, super excited to have you on the show.
1: Super excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me, Rob.
0: So this is going to be a unique episode, and I want to add some context. So Lucas sent me an email saying that he listens to the podcast, enjoyed the episode about building the Yelp cast, and that it inspired him to start his own podcast. Plus, he gave a review of the show on iTunes and screenshotted it. But wait, (laughs) there's more. He also mentioned... I would love to be considered to be a guest on the podcast. I'm a college student who learned to manage Facebook ad campaigns through YouTube and now currently manage over 50000 in monthly ad spend for a variety of online businesses. And just like that, Lucas is on the podcast.
1: <laughs> it's great to be here.
0: So, Lucas, what I want to first start out with is... What caused you to take action to want to hit me up in the first place? You mentioned that you listened to the Yelpcast episode and it inspired you. Was there anything specific in there that said, man, I gotta hit Rob up?
1: Yeah, I think I just loved um it's kind of cliche they say, but I really just love the energy that you have with your guests. I really love um, how you're all about value, about teaching people and inspiring people. And um, kind of like you've done with starting a podcast, It's it just goes to show that um, there's really no separation between like the people that aren't successful and the people that haven't tried. Um, the only reason I think a lot of people, they kind of get um, confused, whether it's starting a business, starting a podcast, whatever, they're just too scared to start. And I really love that about you. You're all about taking action um, and getting that first step on the ground.
0: Yeah, and you nailed it because... Uh, one quote, and I don't even remember where I was told this or from who that resonated so much in my journey. When I started making sports six and a half years ago, someone said, if you ever hope to get paid to do something that you love, you better be doing it already. And for me, Mm -hmm. wanting to be a creator and having a background in marketing and really wanting to build the world of my image, I was like, all right, well, even if I'm not getting paid to do something I just better be doing it now. I got to be getting better. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got to start just getting things out there. And I see so often people who want to be creators Mm -hmm. in the world, whether it's social media managers or bloggers or journalists, they're always waiting Mm -hmm. for, oh man, if I can only get paid. And the thing is every opportunity is an opportunity to create a positive brand interaction. And you never know Mm -hmm. when that one piece of content could be seen by the right person. But here's the thing, Mm -hmm. my mindset was always, you know what, I can't rely on one person ever seeing this or this being the viral hit. So because of it, it's keep going and keep going and keep going. And I very much Mm -hmm. commend you for taking action. So take us into the world a little bit about you. Where are you as as we speak? Where do you go to school? Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, so I go to Babson College currently in the summer between my junior and senior year. Um, And this room that I'm in, I don't know, I'm guessing the podcast doesn't have video, um, but I'm doing like a summer venture program that Babson does where it's like students who are building their businesses, the college gives us housing, they give us um, office space, all of that cool stuff.
0: I love it. So let's dig into why you wanted to come on the show because I do believe there's a lot of value that you can provide certainly in the way that you lived in action, but then the way that you've you've had to overcome your own challenges to get to where you are now because even as you mentioned to me, you didn't always know how to manage $50,000 a month in ad spend. So take us to the beginning of your business to sort of the $50,000 a month in ad spend.
1: Yeah. So I got started in the business when last summer I was working standard student summer job. I was working an internship at a tech company that spends a ton of money on Facebook ads. They spend a $250,000 each month about, and to manage that ad spend, they were paying an agency 8%. And if you do the math on that, it works out to around $20,000 a month. And as an intern, I got to see a lot of the work that they were doing. I got to sit in on the calls that the agency would do with my company. Um, and I kind of thought to myself, like, this isn't all that impressive. Like, this does not command a $20,000 price point in my naive intern opinion. So literally, that exact same day when I realized that, I went home and I started re- researching freelancing online and As the summer progressed, as I started um, to learn more from the agency and just like how they manage that client relationship, and then also how they manage my company's Facebook ad campaigns, I started to pick up clients on the side online, and that's kind of how I've grown to this point.
0: All right. So let's get to what a lot of people might be wondering. How did you pick up clients Uh having no experience, being in college, Uh being an intern for a company?
1: mm-hmm so the getting clients part that part I did the very first few came from a site called Upwork you've probably heard of it yep. um, it's just like a freelancing site um, that people can get started on and when I was first doing that research when I was like looking into like oh how can I get my first clients all that stuff people really discourage the use of Upwork and a lot of job board sites they say like oh like the clients you get there they're not going to pay you well like they'll treat you badly and like all of this stuff when in reality like I don't really run my business off of Upwork anymore. But for just getting started, just for getting like those first few case studies, getting that experience, it was a really great learning experience. And the clients that I worked with, they were super respectful. They were real business owners. Um, And it was overall like a fairly good experience. And it it wasn't that hard that I think um, as a lot of people make it out to be.
0: One thing that is not very well known is in my journey of building bacon sports, what I would consider one of my first dream clients that I ever had a company called Draft Pros, I actually landed via Upwork. Really? The way that it happened was I was looking for content creation uh, opportunities or companies that were looking for it. And this company Draft Pros was creating a daily fantasy sports analytics website. And oh. I had a conversation with them and they're like, yeah, we're a DFS site and we're looking for someone to be the host of a daily live streaming show. And ironically enough, I actually turned them down I said, you know what, I'm very familiar with the fantasy sports space, but I know how involved DFS is. If you want to be successful at daily fantasy sports, you have to go all in on it. And I was like, you know what, I just don't think that this is the right opportunity for me. I wish you guys the best of luck, even though it seemed cool and I didn't really know the full scope of it. And in a crazy thing, they came back and said, listen, Rob, We love everything about you and we want you to reconsider this because we believe in you. We want you to be the host of our flagship show. And would you reconsider this? And we're willing to do X, Y, and Z for you. And I was like, man, it felt good to be wanted. And I ended up saying yes. And and what Mm -hmm. that was was the first foray for me into being a host of a live streaming show where five days a week, Uh, We hosted a a 45-minute-a-day daily fantasy football and then daily fantasy basketball show out of my studio in the guest room in my house. Um, And all of that came (laughs) from Upwork, and that is my quick Upwork story. And I've got way many stories about that entire experience that I can share later on. Um, (laughs) One caveat I would like to mention out there is be careful with the noise that others make about Upwork or the path that they have taken to things and I think this is more of a blanket media in general standpoint because most people are going to have a negative perception on things because the people who are successful on there they may or may not be as likely to be going on these message boards talking about man I am straight crushing on Upwork as opposed Mm -hmm. to the people who aren't hustling who don't have good experience are on there saying you know what this isn't good. And I really commend you for taking that action and saying, you know what, I'm going to find a way. And here's one thing that I'm curious about. So talk to me about your very first one that you landed. Like, mm-hmm. what was your mindset on the, the value proposition or the text that you sent them? Because I know a lot of times you submit bids for Upwork and you say, hey, here's, here's what I can offer you knowing who you are, your experience, things like that.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I went in it. it, I went into Upwork kind of with the mindset that I looked at it like Amazon, that no one wants to buy the Amazon products that have no reviews that are like completely empty. So my rationale was if I can get that first review, if I can just do like any job and have them give me like perfect stars, that five star review, and just have that on my profile then everything else will kind of fall into place. So when I was first getting started, I kind of knew like I wanted to do like Facebook ads. I want to do paid traffic, all of that stuff. But for the first job, the first one I have in my profile is actually like related to like email copywriting. Like it's completely unrelated to like Facebook marketing, all that stuff. And, it was like, I, I'm pretty sure like the hourly rate on it was like $10 an hour. It was just like pennies. Um, and I, 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 the rationale was I just wanted to do like a really good job for this guy. He had like some like real estate app and he wanted me to like write the emails that people got. And I was like, okay, I'll do this. And then like, hopefully like he'll give me the good review. And I did like, I worked my ass off. Basically, he gave me that five-star view. And then I started submitting jobs for Facebook ad jobs and they actually started responding to me.
0: All right, so let's fast forward a little bit more. So you've done some stuff with Upwork and now Mm -hmm. your business is starting to see some momentum. So start taking us through the steps of how you got to the $50,000 a month in ad spend, which is something that I can imagine is a brand new barrier for you.
1: Yeah, definitely. So like I said, I've kind of moved off of Upwork, but for the first few months, that was pretty much all I was doing just because it's consistent, it's decent work. Um, But I realized that if something was to happen, like if Upwork was like to suddenly like ban me, then like my business would essentially go belly up. Like I literally at that point, I didn't have a website. I had like maybe like the half filled out LinkedIn profile. Like I realized like I was relying way too much on it. So... I threw together like the, what the original growth cave website was. I just started um, saying like, Oh, this is a Facebook ads agency. Um, And I started literally cold emailing companies in the industries of the clients that I had already worked with. So I had a few e-commerce companies. I had a few like subscription companies. I would find other e-commerce subscription companies and write them a cold email saying, Hey, just ran this campaign for this other company. Um, would love to share the results with you and just show you how I did it. Um, and most of them, if you say like, Oh, I want to see like how this company grew so quickly, they'll say, yeah, sure. Um, get them on the phone, just kind of give them a quick run through on what we do. Um, and then obviously not all of them are going to be interested. Not all of them are going to be qualified, but I got a lot more clients just doing that just literally doing some cold email outreach, much in the same way that I did with you, just sending you an email, letting you know I love the podcast and was interested, um, and basically just taking it that way.
0: All right. So some of them end up saying yes, and now you've got to start managing larger budgets. Mm-hmm. So, so take me through this because you mentioned getting to manage 50000 in ad spend, and that's mm-hmm. a long way away from email copy on your first Upwork uh, with you.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely is and there definitely was a bit of a learning curve for me because when I first got into it I was like, oh Facebook ads this agency is doing it. I can figure this out um, And then of course, it, it seems a lot easier when you're talking about it when you actually get into the weeds and you actually try and do it um, It's a lot more work than you actually kind of realize um, so for the first few clients Um, I like to think I did a good job, but in reality, it was probably like mediocre at the best. I didn't like completely waste anyone's money, luckily. Um, But for those first like first two or three months, I definitely was not really hitting my stride. And the way that I kind of started to scale up once I started having bigger clients coming to me and saying like, hey, we're working with like 10, 20K a month. Like, can you manage that? Um, I started doing a bit of like undercover work where I basically would literally go on to Upwork and search for the other Facebook ads freelancers, basically the people that I was originally competing with. And there's people on there um, that they've earned like a hundred, 200,000 off of Upwork alone. And I'm nowhere near that. They've been, they're like the veterans of Upwork and Facebook ads. And I would start messaging them posing as like an agency that was interested in hiring them, which is not all that far off from the truth that like theoretically, if I was to grow large enough, then I could hire some of these people. But in reality, the thing that I was most interested in was just how they approach clients, how they like spoke to potential clients on the phone, what their methodology was for structuring accounts and campaigns, all of that stuff. And that kind of took me from the hustling college student freelancer mindset into business owner mindset when I really got to understand how a wide variety of people were running their businesses and just how they were doing it. That to me was one of the biggest differences.
0: Wow. I love so much about everything that you're saying because (laughs) there's there's an element of self-discovery that you're going through here and in business or even a personal journey, we're always working to get to a new level and do things that you've never done before. But the challenge, of course, being if I've never done this before, can I deliver on the results? And I know numerous times in my business with Bacon Sports, I mean, I think a great example of this is I'd never thrown an event before and Mm -hmm. I wanted to uh, take the audience that I'd built at Bacon Sports online and activate them offline with an event. And I just so happened to rent one of the largest venues in Chicago and fill it with 700 people rocking jerseys and who love bacon sports and beer. And here's the thing I'd never thrown an event before. I, I had no idea how to do anything, but the thing mm-hmm. is when you commit to it and you are committed, you all of a sudden find a way and that's how you grow. Even Absolutely. though uh, throwing events has not been an integral part of our business I now know that I can throw a 700 person event because Mm -hmm. I've done it before. And you ask a lot of questions and really it's, you just keep moving forward any Mm -hmm. way that you can. And with the questions that you were asking these companies, did you start to get more confident in yourself and your abilities to deliver for your clients?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of goes back to how I first started was I saw this agency and I felt like, Oh, I could do that. And then I got started quickly realized how, underperforming I was compared to this agency but then after a few months you kind of start to get that back you kind of start to get the confidence and then when I started reaching out to some of these other freelancers and basically seeing like what they were doing and seeing the rates that they were charging at that point I was still not charging anywhere close to what I am now Um, I basically saw like these guys, they're doing the exact same things as me. The main difference is just in how they're selling it, how they're positioning themselves. And that really gave me the confidence like, okay, I have enough experience in here. It's time to get to the next level. So what was the positioning difference between them and you? The big one is it's basically how much technical speak that you want to use. And that was a really big mistake for me. Um, And honestly, like a lot of freelancers is just positioning themselves as like, oh, I do Facebook ads or I do copywriting and all of those things. When in reality, all of the successful people that I looked at that were commanding like multi like hundred dollar hourly rates, they're positioning it as I help X, I help B2B businesses get more leads or I help e-commerce businesses get more customers. Because at the end of the day, a business owner, they don't care if you do Facebook ads or SEO They just want more money, you know, like they don't care how you do it as long as you're able to do it. So positioning it that way, rather than um, simply positioning it as like a technical service, that's really where you're going to be able to raise your where I've seen um, myself and other similar businesses be able to command those premium price points and no longer just be seen as like a contractor, but really a real asset that businesses want to invest in.
0: So I want to give some value here to the listener and let's take our mindset into someone who has never done paid advertising before. Maybe this is an entrepreneur. Maybe this is a small business. Maybe this is a large business who just hasn't done anything in paid. And one thing you mentioned in the email to me is you can give some tips on how people, regardless of budget, can use paid social. So talk to us about the entry point of paid social.
1: So I think one of the scariest things that people ha- the, the scariest ideas about paid social or paid traffic in general is the idea that, you can put money into it and then get nothing out in return. Like you could say like, Oh, I spent a grand. And like, what did I get? Like a few clicks on my website. Um, That's really the biggest thing that I want to solve with our own business. And then the businesses that we work with that we never want to be able to not spend money on Facebook and then not build an asset for our business. So the example with a lot of B2B businesses is rather than just generating traffic to websites, rather than just like paying for likes, link clicks, all of that stuff we want to be paying for more people in their funnel we want to be filling up um their pipeline with people that are actually interested in purchasing their services later down the road whether they actually convert that's kind of out of our hands that's really um kind of a guessing game but they at the end of the day we want to be putting money into Facebook and then converting that into something that we can then use later. So B2B businesses, that could be more email list subscribers. Um, for e-commerce, that could be um, the same thing. More people on the email list, more followers on their Facebook page, just so that you're not always relying on Facebook. So that if you are to stop paying for that Facebook traffic, then suddenly your business doesn't dry up.
0: Is there an element of this where you would recommend, hey, with these paid ads, they're running, I know Facebook has some lead forum options where you say, hey, we're just gonna start get straight leads for you as opposed to sending the traffic elsewhere.
1: Yeah, I really recommend that for a lot of B2B businesses just because a lot of B2B businesses, they don't have the best websites. And even if they do, then the landing pages that they're going to design, they're not going to be that optimized. And the nice thing about the lead forms is it Facebook basically does all the work for you. You just set up the lead form, takes like thirty seconds, and then after you run the campaign, you can download that file of however many leads you were able to generate. Um, the main objection that we have with using those is um, the leads they're not going to be like as good quality than if you were to use like a landing page and it was like super optimized but By no means is it like bad to use that we you generally recommend it for clients that again, they don't have the best websites, maybe they don't have like an independent web team, just because it's going to save both of us a lot of time than if we had to like go into their back end and build out a landing page for them.
0: So Lucas, what's next for you? You are wrapping up school, but at the same time, you have a business that is growing and you're doing great things. What do you want to do next?
1: So ideally, we'll take the business full-time after I graduate. I have basically my last year of school to kind of scale it up to that point where where I have a nice little nest egg. I have some nice security um, in the bank. That would be ideal. Um, But really, I think um, it's something that I haven't completely decided. But the two main paths that I can see with the business is one, either choosing to go full force on Facebook ads, only ever doing Facebook ads for clients, just kind of being seen as that company or kind of taking it to like a full service marketing agency, kind of focusing on more platforms, things like email, Google, et cetera. Um, That's kind of the two visions that I see lying out with with the business and obviously taking either one of those as far as I can.
0: Lucas, I love your story. I love the way that you're living in action. I know that there are some amazing things on the horizon for you. Where can everybody connect with you?
1: Definitely. So, main website, like I said, growthcave.com. We have some free resources for other entrepreneurs or marketers who want to learn more about Facebook ads. We can do that. Um, and then, I guess, the other site that I'm fairly active on is Twitter, just at Lucas Lee Tyson, all one word.
0: Lucas, I think that you may have just started a new segment of the podcast. And I'm going to be curious to see who else hits me up using a similar format that you did because just because people email me with a sentence or two doesn't mean that they're going to get on the podcast, but you layered this so many different ways. You gave me dap. You were specific on the podcast episode. You're specific in that you're creating a podcast. Uh, you were specific in screenshotting the review that you gave the sports marketing huddle. And then you're specific on what you would like to talk about on the podcast. All the guesswork was taken out of that. Like you and I did not really talk before this. You laid it all there and I was like, boom, let's do this. And I want to support other entrepreneurs and hustlers out there who want to build the world in their image and who take action on things. So if that's you, then I want to hear from you. Hit me up. There's a million different ways you can find me. See if you can get away on the show and share value because I do find inspiration in your journey because people are at all different levels. But at the end of the day, uh, it's about action and value and finding a way to make things happen. So as always, I would love to hear from you about this episode. Did this cause you to think or take action? You can hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at Rob Cressy or on LinkedIn. I'll share anything good that gets sent in. And boom goes the dynamite. As always. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the sports marketing huddle, the number one thing you can do to support us is tell your friends about it. We believe in organic growth. And if you get value out of the free podcast we deliver, then we'd appreciate if you share on social media. If you're looking for some creative sports marketing resources, you can sign up for my newsletter at robcressy.com. I drop bite-sized nuggets of wisdom to get your juices flowing.